There are a lot of people with a lot of, lot of loaded questions in the world. Questions that haven't been answered. Questions about God. We have questions about God. And we may have friends who have doubts about God, or we may be the one who has doubts about God. I love the cartoon BC. It's been a while since I looked through them, but I came up with this one this past week where BC looks up into the sky and says, hey, God, give me a sign. And the sign drops, I am up here. God, are you there? Remember the billboards that used to say just God on them, the black billboards as you drove up the highways? I used to love the one that said, are you look, here is your sign, right? We all look for a sign, some message from God. Lee Strobel is one of my favorite authors and speakers. And he's a guy who had lots of questions about God wondering if God existed. For a long time, he considered himself an atheist. Now, he admits he had not analyzed the evidence of God before coming to the conclusion that God didn't exist. Here's what he said. He just assumed that thinking people couldn't be religious people. Then, as he puts it, the unthinkable happened. His wife, Leslie, became a Christian and this thinking woman had all kinds of positive change happen in her life, transformation. And so Lee had even more questions. And this prize-winning journalist for the Chicago Tribune set out to investigate to see if all this God stuff was really true, if God really did exist. And Lee put together two books. They're older now, but they are still two of the best books out there, one called The Case for Christ and The Case for Faith. In these two books, he reacts to the journey and gives information on the journey he had of investigating the claims of Jesus and God. I encourage you to read those books if you haven't. They have helped me when it comes to explaining to people about the existence of God and the claims of Jesus Christ in his promises. And they'll help you do the same. But can faith really stand up to reason? Is it possible to be a thinker and a Christian at the same time? And is God really telling the truth when he says, if you seek me, if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. We're going to go through four pieces of evidence this morning that hopefully will help you and strengthen your faith, but also give you a foundation by which if you do have a friend or you come in contact with someone who doubts the existence of God, and this is huge because I really believe it is true, we need to have an answer for the hope that's in us. We need to be able to understand why God exists, and be able to explain that. The first one, we'll just mark it Exhibit A. If you're taking notes on your outline, God makes sense out of the universe's origin and complexity. God makes sense out of the universe's origin and complexity. 
I mean, how did all of this in the world, everything that is around us, how did it come to be? In all its complexity, how did it start in the first place? Charles Dar Darwin, the father of the evolutionary theory, speculated that non-living chemicals, given the right amount of time and the right environment, could randomly and accidentally develop by themselves into living matter. Thus, there is no need for God in the equation. Time Magazine reported that Darwin didn't want to murder God, as he once put it, but he did. Can a person be scientifically, scientifically sophisticated and believe in the possibility of a creator God, the one who can do the miraculous? Well, many more scientists than not see no conflict that a miracle-working God isn't responsible for creating and sustaining this universe. Nuclear physicist Hugh C. King said this, my faith can be summed up in this one paradox. I believe in science and I believe in God. You can't deny the awesomeness of the creation around us. Everything in our world points to a creator, points to an incredible designer. Look at the screen for a moment, and I hope they were able to do this when I gave it to them. Look up on the screen. What do you see? Next slide. Oh, uh, that's, they put it up there wrong. Oh, wow. Scratch it. We should have looked at that earlier. I wanted to give you an eye test, all right? Here, look what it says. These are the notes I give the slide people. E, okay, you tell me. That's what I'm saying. Does E move up or down right to the right now? So E was supposed to go over there, all right? E was supposed to go up. E was supposed to be down. And then E was supposed to get bigger and smaller, all right? So I gave you the visual. You got it? All right, why would I do that? Not to give you an eye test for glasses, but I wanted to do it to demonstrate to you the power of the human eye and how amazing the human eye is. Did you know that the human eye has the ability to see something elevated 40 miles away? Isn't that incredible? The, yet within a split second, the same eye can refocus on a single grain of salt on your fingertip. That refocusing capability of the human eye is something that has never been replicated by man. Little trivia, how many shades of color can the human eye differentiate? Guess. You say? 50, over a thousand, over a thousand different shades of color. The eye is made up of a hundred million individual light cells, all that work together in coordination to provide human beings with a remarkable thing called vision. Now, how likely is it something that sophisticated, that well coordinator, co coordinated, how likely is it that that is the result of intelligent design or a consequence of a cosmic accidental collision of gases in space? 
right? Charles Darwin, again, this great evolutionary father, wrote this in his book, The Origin of Species. To suppose that the human eye, with so many parts all working together, could have been formed by the natural selection seems, I freely confess, absurd in the highest degree. Philosopher William Paley wrote, there cannot be a design without a designer. Paley points out reasonable people look at a wristwatch and they wonder what company made it. Reasonable people look at a laptop computer to check to see if it was manufactured by Apple or Dell. Then Paley wonders why reasonable people wouldn't look at the human eye, an orchid in bloom, an eagle in flight, and believe that each of these marvels is the consequence of a random accident, an inexplicable explosion in outer space that no one can intelligently describe or verify. Bailey would say, and I would agree, it takes a lot more faith to believe in an accidental explosion for the wonders of what we see us around us in the world than it does to believe that an intelligent, powerful, divine designer is the cause of it. Agreed? One of my favorite little living creatures is this little guy. I love hummingbirds. I've been amazed at them over the years and all that they do. Did you know that hummingbirds can, move, can fly forward, backward, sideways, upside down? Pretty cool little bird. Its wings flap 100 times per second. Did you know how many heartbeats per minute that little guy? Guess. A lot. <laughs> 1,200. 1,200. You thought your, your, your heart beats fast. Crazy. Particular hummingbirds, some have two human-like qualities. They fly south for the winter, and males only require three seconds to mate. I know, I slid that one in there. <laughs> True, though. To think that that kind of creation, that kind of amazing animal, exists by the matter of chance is absurd to me. How much more reasonable is it to conclude that an intelligent, creative designer was behind the marvel of the hummingbird, and more importantly, you and me. Can you imagine a new mother holding her child and looking down into her child's eyes and saying, oh my, what a lovely, random collision of gases you are. It's absurd. It's absurd. We know there has to be an intelligent designer so the obvious question to ask is, does the intelligent design imply that there must be an intelligent designer? Answer, yes, yes. Paul writes in Romans 1.20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what? 
what has been made so that men are without excuse. David wrote in Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. He says, you want to see God? Just look up. Just look up. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the ends of the world. And I agree with Lee Strobel who wrote, Time Magazine was wrong. Darwin didn't murder God. He just couldn't read God's writing. Wow. Exhibit B, believing in God makes sense out of our moral value system. In each one of us is a moral value system that is woven into our hearts by God. We have the ability to know automatically what's right and what's wrong. It's inside of us. We see something happen and we think, how in the world could someone do that? How in the world could a young adult guy walk into a school and take the lives of innocent students and teachers? How does that happen? And we hear about child abuse. Our hearts are like terrified, angry. Why is that? We think, how could anybody do something like that? What makes that happen? How do we know inside already that things are grossly evil? How do we know that something is really good when it happens? Because God has woven that inside every human being's heart. Dr. Bill, Bill Craig wrote, if there is no God, then reality is just a matter of personal taste. Something like saying broccoli tastes good. Well, it tastes good to some people, but it tastes bad to others. And to say that killing innocent children is wrong, that would also be just an expression of taste. Well, I don't really like it, but you may, you might like it. Well, we know it's not right. We know by our own experience, if we go back several, several years ago, we know by our own experience that crashing a plane into a tower is gross, gross evil. But we also know running into that same tower while it's on fire to save lives is an amazing, amazing, noble thing to do. How do we know the difference? If there is no God, we wouldn't know the difference. It would be about your personal taste, my personal taste. What's good, what's wrong, what's noble, what's evil would all be about personal opinion. Exhibit C, one step further. God makes sense out of our capacity to choose love, to choose love. Without God... Love would just be this chemical reaction that would happen randomly. But we know that's not what love is. We know in order for love to exist, there has to be a choice made. Where does that ability to choose to love each other come from? 1 John 4, 7. Read this with me from the screen. Dear friends, 
when we choose to love God and we choose to love each other, it's because God is love. That's the foundation of it all. Because God is love, love exists. But he does give us a free choice. So real love requires a choice for it to happen. If my wife, Brenna, if she were to have like a little cord on her side, you know, like a talking, remember talking dolls before technology came about, all right? If she had a little cord with a little ring here, and I could pull it, you know, I'd pull that, and it, she would say, I love you, Jeff. I love you, Jeff. I love you, Jeff. That would be awesome, right? But it wouldn't mean very much because I'm just pulling a cord. But for her to make a choice and say, I love you, Jeff. I love you, Jeff. I love you, Jeff. How much more of a difference is it? That's love. Now, along with love, though, comes risk. Having free will also means I can choose not to love you. I can even choose to hurt you. And some will say, okay, if there's a God, then why didn't God make a world where people didn't hurt each other and where bad things wouldn't happen? Well, God did make a world like that. That's the world God created. But once God chose to create human beings and give them free choice, then evil appeared. God allowing us free choice demonstrates his desire, though, to be in a love relationship with us. He wants it to be our choice to choose love. So if we're going to blame God for evil and suffering in this world, then we should really blame him for giving us free choice because that's what creates it. But thankfully, through his word, through his spirit, he prompts us down the right path. But we have the choice to make. And in today's world, we see it more and more. People are choosing either this path or this path. But God gives us the ability through free choice to follow him and experience his love. Peter Kraft wrote this. God did not create evil and suffering. Now, it's true that he did create the potential for evil to enter the world because that was the very, that was the only way to create the potential for authentic love. But it was human beings with our free choice that brought, brought that potential to reality. One more. We'll mark this last one, Exhibit D. God can be personally known and experienced. To me, this is the greatest evidence. I have seen lives transformed by the power of Jesus Christ that no other, no other power, no other love could change their life around. There are hundreds of people within Northside Christian Church who have been transformed by the amazing grace and the amazing love and power of Jesus Christ. How many of you have been transformed by the power of God? Raise your hand. Right? Look in the mirror. Look at the transformation. Look at the change. 
Billions and billions of people have been changed, transformed by the power of God's grace and by the power of God's love. But saying that, I know it's possible to come into a room like this, to sit through worship, and just not be connected at all. To see people around you maybe holding up their hands in worship, saying they're close to God, and you're just not close to him at all. And there may be a chance that you say, God's left me. God's deserted me. How can I believe that God really exists? Came across a video this about a couple weeks ago. It's a little bit longer than what I usually show you. But I think it's amazing, an amazing illustration that answers this. Watch this. A couple years ago, I was speaking at a conference in Tennessee, and during the worship, this girl comes up to my merch booth and asks me a question. She said, how do you know that God is real? And I wasn't quite prepared to answer that question, so I start fumbling around and trying to do my best to answer it, and also trying to figure out what's going on in her life that's causing her to ask this question. She ends up telling me that the reason she feels like God isn't real is because God feels absent. She says that she sees everybody in that conference singing about how they can see God and feel God and they're experiencing his glory, but she said all she sees is a room full of people and all she feels is absence. And if that's you, if you're in that similar situation, if God feels far in worship or far in your prayers or far in your church, I want to offer up the same bit of counsel I gave to this girl. I asked her, I said, do you own a big pink Hummer? And she laughed at me and said, no, I don't own a big pink Hummer. And so I said, okay, so if someone came up to you here in this conference, ran up to you, and they said, hey, your big pink Hummer was just stolen, what would you say? And she said, well, I would say I don't own a big pink Hummer. And so I said, okay, so we could agree on the fact that you would probably say, um, if you lost your big pink Hummer, it wouldn't concern you. And she said, yeah, because I don't have a big pink Hummer. So far, so good. So then I asked her, what's the most important thing that you own? She told me about this gemstone that she keeps in a small wooden box on her dresser in her room. It's the last memory she has of her mom, who's now passed away. Every morning she opens the box and she looks at the gym and she remembers her mom. And so I told her, okay, what if that same person came up to you and said, hey, that gemstone in that small wooden box on your dresser has just gone missing? Well, her stare kind of went icy and you could see it melting over her, the fear and terror of losing that gemstone. And she said, it would devastate me to know that I lost that gemstone. And so I asked her this question. I said, why would you be so devastated over losing the gemstone, but not even care about the news that you've lost your big pink Hummer? 
She looked at me like I was crazy. And she said, because I don't own a big pink Hummer. And so I said to her, then why do you think God isn't real? Because you can't feel him. You see, only whenever we have had something, possessed something, loved something, can it feel absent? Can it be removed from us? So instead of God's absence and distance that we feel being a cause of alarm for us thinking that he's not real, instead, it's proof for the very existence of God. Because only if God was once close could he ever feel far. Listen to what my creator, your creator, says. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. God is saying I'm just waiting for an invitation, a choice by you to be in a deep relationship with your creator. I have the unspeakable privilege of announcing to you time and time again that no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you find yourself today, you matter to God more than you think you do. Way more than you think you do. So much so, the allowed his only begotten son, Jesus, to die for you. It doesn't get any better than that. But again, I know there are people even in this room that maybe you've heard those words before and yet you never really have come to experience God personally in a deep-to-deep way. Listen, you can hang out at the airport, but if you never get on a plane, you'll never know what it feels like. You can hear all you want to hear about the ocean, but until you go there and you feel the sand between your toes and you feel the waves smack against you, you really don't know what the ocean is. And you can come and sit in worship week after week, even year after year, and sing the songs, read the books, look at the people who know and experience the love of God without ever experiencing deeply the love of God yourself. It's a choice. And God would say to you, taste and see. Come on. Taste and see that the Lord is good because he wants to be in a personal relationship with you. Lee Strobel, that former atheist, Finally, he says this, based on how God has transformed my life, 
my attitudes, my relationships, my motivations, my marriage, and my priorities through his very real presence in my life. I have to say that miracles like manna from heaven, the virgin birth, and the resurrection, well, they're just child's play for a God like that. I've weighed the evidence. Many people in this room have weighed the evidence, and we choose to believe. With all of our hearts and all of our being, we choose to trust. We choose to walk with a God who wants to be personally known by us. And I pray that you make the same choice. I'd love to talk to you about how to do that and make that happen for you so that you can go on through this life with a deep-to-deep personal relationship with the one who created you. If you'd like to talk about that, I'd love to talk to you after the service. I'll be up front. Love to talk to you. Let's stand together. I'm going to pray, and we're going to sing a song. Father, we thank you so much, God, for the creator that you are, for the God that you are. God, that you truly do love every single one of us right where we are, and we matter more to you than we could ever, ever humanly understand. And God, if there's someone here this morning, God, that maybe has been having some doubts about you and wondering where you are, maybe it is, God, that they've just never truly, truly been in a relationship with you. God, may this be the day that that begins. And God, may the words that we have spoken today be of use to us as we go out into this world and try to speak the truth, God, of you to those we come in contact with. Accept our praise as we close this service with this song. In Jesus' name, amen.